All right. Welcome to our week five fantasy Q&A. My name is Justin Boone. I'm the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. Uh, I won the Fantasy Pros Accuracy Contest back in 2019. I don't know if everyone in here follows my stuff normally or not. I know we got a few new people each week, but uh, won the contest in 2019. I finished top seven out of around 150 analysts each of the last seven years that I competed in that one. So I would say that my rankings are the most accurate in the industry. I would put them up against anybody. And I feel like we built some really quality content around the rankings over at the score. So I recommend everybody checks that stuff out because a lot of the lineup decisions, a lot of the trade offers, I mention this every single week, but a lot of that stuff can be answered by using my rankings and my trade value charts and the start, sit, stash, quit column and all that stuff. So that's kind of the whole way that we designed our content over at the score to to make sure that you have everything you need. So I would go and download the app. It's free. So is my content. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Justin Boone. I tweet out all the the links to my stuff there as well. And I think that's all we need to say to to go off the top here. So let's dive into some of your questions. We already have a a ton of people here asking to talk. So let's see who we got today. And I will try to get through as many of these as I can. We're going to go to Eric first. Let's hope we don't have these connecting issues the whole time. Eric, how you doing? Good, Justin. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I just first want to say thanks so much for your amazing content. Uh, I started playing fantasy a couple of years ago and I went from not knowing anything, found your content and last year made it to the championship game and just barely lost. So really appreciate reading all your content and listening to all your podcasts. That's awesome that you say that. I was actually just talking to somebody at the score uh, just before we started here and they were saying something similar that they've been following my stuff for years. And then I thought about it for a second and I was like, well, yeah, I hope that that's getting people wins because it could go the other way, right? I've been following your stuff for years and I haven't won a game since I started following you. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's good to hear that you made it to the finals last season. Yeah, I know. It's been working out really well. Uh, so my question for you, uh, I'm a bit of a tough spot. So my, I'm in a half PPR league. Uh, the starting lineup is uh, two running back, two wide receiver and a flex. I'm two and two, but I'm lucky I'm not zero and four just because because I've been barely <laughs> scoring any points. Um, and part of that, part of the reason is because Trey Lance got injured, uh, and I've been streaming quarterbacks, and that hasn't been going very well. Um, I got a trade offer. I have DeAndre Swift. I have George Pickens, and the trade offer is for uh, to receive James Robinson and Chris Olave. Um, I'm a bit thin at the wide receiver position because I panicked a little bit and I traded CD Lamb uh, like after week two for David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Um, so I have okay. I have Montgomery and Herbert. I have Swift uh, injured right now, and then I have Etienne who I drafted and unfortunately uh, wasn't the lead back we were hoping for, for him to be. And then the wide right. receivers I have are T Higgins, uh, Bateman, who I'm a bit worried about, and then Curtis Samuel, and then Pickens as well. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are on this trade offer. Um, and then the other the other thing I'm wondering about is, do I just hold on with Swift because I have Dak on my IR? And then in a couple of weeks, hopefully I get healthy, um, have Dak as my quarterback, uh, have Swift come back and then kind of go from there. Yeah, I definitely think I'd be holding on those guys. I feel pretty good about them once they're back. Give me the parameters of the trade one more time because there was a lot to go through. Yeah, I want to sure. make sure I got the Sorry. guys right. <laughs> uh, DeAndre, so I have DeAndre Swift and George Pickens uh, for Olave and James Robinson. 
Yeah, I, I would take the Olave and, and Robinson side. Um, oh, yeah. Especially if you're a little bit worried. But right now, one, Olave looks fantastic. I mean, you look at him as, I would say, a top 20 guy. Yeah. Potentially the rest of the season. I think Michael Thomas is going to have trouble probably staying healthy here. Yeah. And even when he's back, I think Olave is going to be a pretty solid starter for you. Yeah. And then James Robinson is somebody, I know the numbers, like people have looked at it. And some people are saying, you know, the numbers have gone down. The efficiency hasn't necessarily been fantastic. But you look at what they've done, like in the early weeks of the season, that offense looked great. And then they run into the the buzzsaw, the Eagles. I talked about this earlier in the week and the bad weather and all that sort of stuff. And they have that one down game and then people start doubting it and going, "Okay, well, you know, we didn't expect this from them. And now they played a legit team and they're not good. Well, they are pretty good. And I think we're going to see it starting again this week when they go against the Texans. So I think Robinson is a pretty solid play. And as much as I love Swift. He's going to continue to be splitting work there. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to sit here and, and talk bad about DeAndre Swift, but there's concerns about the durability with him as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, and if you want to you make sure you're getting things going in the right direction here, I really like Olave rest of the season. And Robinson, yeah. as long as he is healthy, is going to continue to be the, the lead back there. So I like that right. trade for you. And the nice thing about it is that even if I trade for Robinson, I have Etienne on my bench. Um, and so if, if, if Robinson gets injured, I can just throw an Etienne and, and hope things will be okay. A hundred percent. Yeah. It sort of, it sort of solidifies you there. Sweet. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for the question. That was a, that was a tough one. I like a lot of the guys in that question. Sometimes that makes it very difficult when you're trying to pick. It's like picking between your, your favorite children. I don't have kids, but that's what people say. It's a very difficult thing to do. Jose, you're next. I think you're muted. What's going on? Hey, Justin. How's it going? It's going very, very well. How can I help you? Uh, first of all, I love all your material, man. I like listening to your podcast. Uh, second, I'm struggling with my... Appreciate you saying that. Uh, second, I'm struggling between deciding to use Garrett Wilson or AJ Dillon in my flex. Non-PPR. Non, Non-PPR. One of the uh, one of the rare non-PPR leagues. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would probably go with AJ Dillon in that instance. Um, I know I had him a little bit lower in the rankings this week that has a little more to do with, with Aaron Jones than anything. But, um, I think that's a game that like you look at that giants offense right now, they're so banged up. I think the Packers are going to take it to them. So I think AJ Dillon's going to get a, a lot of opportunity. Um, and he's been doing okay so far, just hasn't really been finding maybe the end zone as much as we hope, but yeah, I, I would play him this week. I thought so, because I was thinking about the touches, because he gets he gets 15 to 20 touches a game. I was like, eventually the TDs will come. Yeah, I think I think so. I think it's definitely going to turn around. We'll see some better games. And if by chance, you know, Aaron Jones, knock on wood, we don't want to see it happen. But if Aaron Jones ever got hurt, A.J. Dillon becomes that league winner for you. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, very excited to see that that London game this week. It's going to be a, an interesting one, but I'm kind of kind of scared that it's not going to be very entertaining. It's nice when we have those morning games. Got something to have on the TV while I'm doing all my Sunday morning work, but uh, don't know if that's going to be a very good game. I think the Packers are going to take that one pretty handily. Ross, you're next up. I think you're still muted there. Hey, Justin, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Not too bad. Thanks for asking. Uh as everyone else has said, love your content. Thanks, as always, for uh, everything you do. You put out some fantastic stuff. Um, I appreciate so you saying a, that. We're going to have to put, like, a, a rule pretty soon where, like, we can't start off every question like that because right. everybody's been doing it. And it's really, really nice, and I definitely appreciate it. But 
It would save us right. maybe even a little more time to answer some questions. If we didn't we'll just assume everyone feels that way, which is a very totally. nice sentiment. And I thank totally. everybody for that. Yeah, of course. No problem. So I'll keep this relatively brief. Um, I'm also I'm in a standard dynasty league, and I'm, I'm kind of just wondering what to do with Keenan Allen right now. Right. He's been out for. Uh, four weeks. It looks like he's probably going to miss this week. Uh, I could use some depth. I've got a potential trade partner to potentially get Lockett, Jeff Wilson Jr., um, maybe another piece or two. And I, I guess I just, am I too, holding on to the name value of Keenan Allen too much? What are your thoughts on him long term? No, I think if you're selling him right now, you're selling him low. I think he's the kind of talent, like I know he's hurt right now. And so his value is down a little bit at the moment, but uh, he's the kind of guy like skills wise, his abilities translate pretty well to kind of do what, what like Larry Fitzgerald did, where he's going to continue to be a pretty valuable player into his thirties here. So I'm not as worried about him. And I find in general in dynasty, you can get the deals when you're going the other way with it, when you're trying to pick up these veteran receivers and they probably still have another year or two of pretty solid value and people just panic because they're approaching 30 or they're past 30 and people want to get rid of them. Um, and I think in Keenan Allen's instance, once he's healthy, like look at what he did in that first game before he got hurt. He only played a third of the snaps in that game before he got injured and he had four catches for 66 yards, right? Right. He can still produce. Right. Um, he just has to get healthy. And yes, it, it sucks that he clearly had a setback, right? Last week he left practice. He was limited in practice and then he left early the one day. And now we haven't seen him practice since, but... I think once he does get healthy, it might take another week or two. Once he's back out there, you're going to be happy to have him back in your lineup. You're going to be happy to have, you know, either the number one or the number two receiver, the the one A, one B, however you want to count, right. uh, attached to, to Justin Herbert. And I think he's going to give you good value for the next couple seasons. So I wouldn't move on for you know the, the package that you're saying there. I wouldn't move on for that. Okay, awesome. Hey, I appreciate you keeping my head a little more level. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I'm uh, Keenan Allen is somebody who I have actually been going out and trying to get in other leagues. So I'm going the opposite way with that one. Um, he's a guy that I, I definitely like. And like I said, I think it's a really smart move in Dynasty League. Some of these older players, when you can identify the ones who actually are still going to be able to have value for another couple seasons, you go and get them on the cheap, and then you get to slot them into your lineup. It's it's a great way to approach it. All right, next one up here. We're going to KB. I'm trying to remember, like, week to week, some of the people who've, like, gotten questions in before or gotten questions in every week. I want to try to hit some new people each time here, but maybe my memory isn't so good, or there's that many people in here that it's tough to remember uh, each time, but... KB is still connecting. We'll give it another second here to see if we can get you. KB is gone. So we're going to move on to the next one. We will go to Gary. Hopefully we can get Gary on here. Still connecting. Oh, there hi, you go. Uh, we got Gary. Justin. What's up? How you doing? Oh, good. How you doing? I'm, I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm feeling really good actually right now. Thanks for uh, taking my, uh, my question. I, uh, for sure. I appreciate your work so much. You're the, my number one analyst for sure. When I have to make decisions and I listen to quite a few. So, um, <laughs> well, I appreciate all the love from everybody. It's very nice of you to say. So I just want to get your thought process on Kyler Murray for this week. I am petrified to start him against the Philly defense. Um, two reasons, you know, nobody has scored other than Goff has scored more than 10 fantasy points. 
against that yep. defense. And watching them last week, that offense just looks very dysfunctional. Um, I could, as an alternative, I, I look at ratings, obviously, um, you know, golf and, and um, you know, there, there are other options available on the waiver wire. Um, but I just want to get your thought process on, on Kyler um, not running much. Um, I don't know. Just doesn't look the same this year. Well, I think everything that you said there is exactly how I feel about it. Um, I'm sure if you've been following my rankings, you can see that, that Kyler's a little lower than he right. normally would be most weeks. Yeah. And it is based on the matchup. And I've talked about that Eagles defense and how fantastic that I, I think they are and how much of a problem I think they are for their opponents week in and week out now. Uh, moving forward here so hopefully people ran out and got that Eagles defense because they're going to be pretty oh, good yeah, fantasy I did. too <laughs> um, perfect um, with Murray though like it just comes down to what your other options are and some weeks we have those like streamer guys that you know a guy has a good matchup and maybe it is a Jared Goff or somebody and you feel good about putting him, him in there uh, who is that guy this week like when I look at the rankings this week at the end of the you know the low end QB ones the high end QB twos there's just nobody that like really excites me enough to move them over Kyler because we know that if it turns into that schoolyard football kind of thing, Kyler could break off a 50 yard run at any moment, right? Like he has so many different paths to putting up numbers, even though the offense hasn't looked great, even though the matchup isn't good, it's just very difficult to start somebody over him unless you have one of those streamer guys that's in the perfect spot. And you know, when I look at it this week, I just don't really see who that guy is. I'm guessing Aaron Rodgers isn't out there. Right. You know, Derek Carr. Carr's had some tough games, especially when he has to go to the Kansas City to play the Chiefs. He's had some really tough games. Now, this year it's different because he has Devontae Adams. But, you know, he's probably rostered in your league. And, you know, Kirk Cousins and, you know, Trevor Lawrence you could look at. He's probably already taken. So I just don't know who it would be in your league that you'd be looking at that you would consider starting over him. Yeah, I, I'm with you. That's that's exactly what or the churn is this week. But uh, no, I appreciate your perspective. Um, yeah, I, I actually think it'll be garbage points that'll probably, you know, the, his path to having a good week, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's I, I think I'm I'm on point with everything that, that you said there. I think you're looking at it exactly the right way. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah, good stuff. Good luck this week. Thank you. All right, who we got next here? Try to keep moving through these. Next up we are going to Leonard. I would love to see if I can get through all the questions in a given week. We have not been able to do that so far, but we'll see if we can pull that off this time around. Leonard, you are muted but you have the the floor. Hey, Justin. Thanks for everything as usual. Uh, Easy one for you. Isaiah Pacheco, Kenneth Walker, or another rookie not named Rashad White, which running back three draft do you think is going to pop the rest of the season? Isaiah Pacheco, Kenneth Walker. I think, I don't know if they're going to, but I think Pacheco is the one that I would put my chips on just because he's in the the best offense. Like there's a good chance that that Kenneth Walker talent-wise could do something but you just don't feel as good about that offense, right? Where if you look at the Chiefs, if all of a sudden CH goes down and you see Pacheco step up, well, now it goes from being a three-man committee into a two-man committee, and Pacheco is going to be incredibly valuable in that instance. And we've already seen Pacheco look really good. I think Walker has two on his limited snaps, but I don't know. It's, that, that part of it's tough for me because I've always kind of been down on Rashad Penny, and I feel like the injury for him is inevitable. So I feel like Walker will get his shot, but... If I was picking between the two right now, based on the way I build my teams, I'd be looking pure upside. And for me, that would be Pacheco. 
for sure. It looks like uh, you know if you get them on the Chiefs' offense, there's a lot more scoring potential. Thanks exactly. a lot, Justin. Like we've seen with CH. Yeah, no worries. You said it was an easy one. I feel like that one actually was kind of tricky, but um, I hope uh, hope that helps there. Moving on here. Next up, Jamie. We are going to Jamie. Hey, Justin. Thank you for taking this. Uh, appreciate all your work. Um, <clears throat> I, I went up against Naeem, Martin, uh, Naeem Hines last night, and as you know, what happened? He scored absolutely no points. Yep. I was, I was, yep. I was wondering who should I start on my flex now. Uh, I was going for upside with Mike Williams, but now that I that I want a nice floor, I'm thinking about starting Ramonde Stevenson. I know he would guarantee me ten to twelve points, especially against that Detroit uh, run defense. What do you, what do you think? What are your thoughts yeah. on that? So I I normally don't play it that way. I normally don't take that into consideration. For me, I'm just always looking to play the guy that I think has the best shot to produce. And I think this week with Keenan Allen out, I know Mike Williams has had some down games, but with Keenan Allen out, I think Mike Williams is, is still your best bet. Even though Ramondre, both guys are in a great position, and I'm guessing, especially if you got off to this fantastic start here with, unfortunately, Naheem Hines getting hurt, but he's on your opponent's lineup. Um, I think either way, you're probably going to be fine because both those guys for me are top 50 plays this okay. week, but I would normally lean towards the guy that I have projected higher. And for me, that's still going to be Mike Williams. All right. Thanks, Justin. Great work, buddy. Yeah, no worries. Appreciate it. There we go. We're getting a couple quick ones through here this week. I feel like in the weeks past, I've probably spent too much time answering some of these. All right, KB, we're going to give you another shot here. Hopefully it connects this time. See if we can get KB on the line. Hi, Justin. Thanks. I have a quick question. Um, so this would help people that lost Cal Pitts, but also I have Earth, Irv Smith Jr. that I'm close to giving up on. But I was just wondering on the waiver wire if you recommend any pickups. I know that's not a lot of options, but out of uh, I think there's Henry Hurst or Ingram that I'm looking at. Thanks. Uh, yeah, no worries. Uh, those options, yeah, you're you're digging fairly deep there. In that instance, I'd be watching really close to see what happens with Johnny Smith. I haven't seen an update today. Um, but it seemed like he was kind of trending towards being doubtful. I know he was limited in practice on Thursday. He's dealing with an ankle issue. If he's out, then I would definitely go with Henry. I would probably go with Henry either way, um, just because of the matchup. They're going up against the Lions, and even though you figure that Bailey Zappi's going to start for the Patriots, um, but that matchup for the Lions against the Lions, I mean, everybody's been able to put up points. And Henry, even though he's done almost nothing so far this year, got a good shot to, to potentially score a touchdown in that game. So he would be the guy that I would go with because, yeah, I don't don't really love any of those options. Ideally, there would be a, a Tyler Conklin or a mm-hmm. you know Logan Thomas even as somebody that, with John Dotson out this week for Washington, Logan Thomas has some more value there. Um, Robert Tunyon, like, th- those are the guys I would hope to get, but they're probably already taken in most leagues. So if you got to go a little mm-hmm. deeper, then Hunter Henry would be the guy. But do you recommend starting Henry over Irv Smith Jr.? Or? Over Irv Smith, I I would at this point. If, if John is out, I would because Irv Smith also has not really done that much. Isn't the, a full time player in the offense like we were kind of hoping him to be. So I would go with Henry in that instance. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yep. No worries. Moving on to the next one. I'm trying to get through these quick. I think we're doing a better job this week. In weeks past, like I said, I probably go too long every time i'm a guest on someone else's podcast i always feel like the episodes are a lot longer too because i want to get as much information out there as possible we're going to jordan next year Uh, another connecting issue i thought taking a a drink of water would have bought us enough time there jordan doesn't seem like we're getting you all right gonna move on to the next one here sorry jordan 
if you jump back in, I'll try to get you in there. Going to, all right, Jordan, we're going to give this another shot. You're right back in. We're going to give this one more shot here. Fingers crossed. Might just be a, a Wi-Fi issue or something. Don't know what it is. We are still connecting here, Jordan. Sorry. Got to go to the next one. Don't know what's happening there. All right. Who we got next here? Still a bunch of questions. We're going to go to Sean. Sean, we got you. No connection issues on this one. You are still muted. Oh, hey, up? Justin. Um, so I have a kind of a trade question. I was looking at the trade value chart, and I know I think I saw just Jacobs was around 36, and Chris Olave was around 22. Um, so basically, um, my running backs are Dalvin Cook, um, Etienne, and I have a bunch of, like, you know, Pollard, Edmonds. And my wide receivers yep. are um, City Lamp, Wado. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So I've kind of been starting um, um, City Lamb, Wado and Olave, and then Dalvin Cook, and then rotating between, you know, Etienne, Edmonds, um, Pollard. Would you trade Chris Olave for Josh Jacobs? I mean, I think it, right now you might even be able to get Jacobs plus for him, depending on what the other manager's roster looks like. But yeah, that's a that's a pretty fair deal based on how Jacobs has looked so far. I think there's a shot. Like I was a little down on Jacobs this year. He's somebody who I've liked the last couple seasons. I thought he was really underrated. And then I bought into the fact that when you have the new coaching staff coming over from New England, Josh McDaniels, they talked about using a committee and they were going to have all these other guys involved. And I think they've just realized that Josh Jacobs is clearly the best back there. And now once again, we're seeing him used in the passing attack. We're seeing him get a ton of volume. And with the state of running back right now, you make a pretty good argument that Josh Jacobs is borderline top 12, but definitely top 15 guy. So I would make that deal based on, you know, what the what it sounds like your lineup looks like. And the fact that as long as Jacobs stays healthy, um, he's going to have a really good season here, better than even I projected before the year, which is crazy because I've been on him like the last few seasons. But before this year, I, I was down on him. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so when I spoke to the owner, he said, you know, I could take either Josh Jacobs, uh, James Conner, or Damian Pierce. Um, I saw J- Josh Jacobs was kind of the highest on your um, value chart, so I was thinking about him. Yeah, Do you Jacobs. Have... Thank you very much. We're going to Neil. All right, Neil. Tell me if we got you. You're, you're muted still. Let's see if we can get things going here. I cannot hear you, Neil. And it looks like Neil's gone. Brian, can you hear me? Hey, Brian, it sounds like we got you. Hey, I can hear you well, Justin. <laughs> what's up? Finally, we got somebody here. I was hanging out alone there. All right, what's up? I uh, just wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, Jamison Williams What do you, as a stash. What do you think uh, is his capability in terms of fantasy for the rest of the season value? I really like him. One of my favorite stashes, um, actually, on – on Wednesday show, that was the question that I asked our, our guests. When I did the, the rapid fire section, I asked Chris Allen who his favorite stash was right now. And he said, Jamison Williams, if you look at basically every redraft team I have, I grabbed him in the late rounds and I threw him in my IR slot. I can't wait to see what he can do. A little bit worried that, you know, coming back from an ACL tear early in the, the year, that potentially he might not have all the juice by the end of the season. But come November early December. Uh, we should see him back out there and hopefully he will be healthy enough to give us something. And with the way that Lions passing attack has looked, the way that Lions offense has looked, uh, you got to be excited about that. And talent wise, once this guy is healthy, he is a game breaker. He is not just a field stretcher. 
not just that kind of player. He is somebody that can make plays all over the field, can score from anywhere. Um, so it's just a matter of him getting healthy. So hopefully he will be healthy come, like I said, November, early December, and he can make a, an impact down the stretch. But if you can stash him in your IR spot right now, you're, you're golden. Yeah, hoping he, he fills fills in for uh, my Rashad Bateman injury and my, my wide receiver three spot relatively soon because I'm not trusting this midfoot injury. The- you cut out there, Brian. But yeah, I agree with you with Rashad Bateman. I'm a, a little bit worried. I mean, I don't think he's going to play this week, and then we'll see how long that, that takes for him to get back. Yeah, I, I'm still hopeful that Bateman is going to be able to uh, to give us something and that they're going to continue to increase his role. But that's going to just come down to, you know, whether he can get healthy in the next couple of weeks here. And that's more of a, a fingers crossed situation. But yeah, I think you're going to get some help from Jameson Williams down the stretch for sure. All right, we will move on to the next one now that it seems like we got things going again. Let's try to get some of these folks that uh, we had in here who wanted to talk before. We'll go to Tavarius next. Hopefully we don't have any more technical issues. We were, we were pretty good through the first four weeks, but t- today we've had some problems. Tavarius, how you doing? Pretty good. How you doing, Justin? I'm great. Thanks. Um, I'll just get right to it. Um, half point PPR. I need two out of the four players I'm about to tell you about. <laughs> All right. I have, <laughs> I have Darren Waller, uh, Zach Ertz, Tyler Boyd, and Josh Palmer. And I also have uh, Burrow as quarterback. So right now I have Waller in at the tight end slot over Ertz. And I have Boyd in to fill my flex spot. So I was wondering, like, would it be – should I have Zach Ertz in also since he does command more targets and he has most red zone targets for a tight end? Or having Boyd in there right now, it's, it's pretty good. No, I to be honest, I would probably go Palmer just over Boyd, but it's very, very close. I have them ranked like almost right next to each other. They're only a couple spots apart. Interesting. Um, Keenan Allen probably not going to play. Right. It'll just come down to how healthy Palmer is. As long as we get a, a good update on him, because I know he's been dealing with, I believe, an ankle injury it was mm-hmm. this week. He's been limited in practice. Right. Um, so that would be the only concern there. But T. Higgins, like for the Bengals, T. Higgins seems to be fine. Seems like he's going to be out there this week. Um, I know Hayden Hurst, their tight end, uh, was a little banged up, but he's going to play as well. So that all of that tends to push Boyd pretty far down. Whereas you know Palmer's shown us that he can blow up in that offense. Right. That he's going to be the the number two as long as Keenan Allen's out. So uh, I would go with him, and then I would play the the two tight ends. I definitely think you're on the right track with Waller. Hasn't done it the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but we know what his ceiling is. And then Ertz has been getting just a, a ton of volume, and he also has the revenge game narrative, right? He's going up against the Eagles again, right? So you think Waller over Ertz is the right choice? I would play. I would play. Wa- you, you said you could play Waller and Ertz, and then one of the receivers, oh, right? It's, it's one for the one tight end spot, and then one for the flex spot. So I was going oh, to go two okay. tight ends, possibly sitting Boyd and Palmer. So that's why I'm like kind of stuck right now. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so yeah, I would go. Uh, I would go Waller then, and I would go Palmer. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate I, it. But both tight ends are pretty good this yeah. week. But I would still <laughs> go for the the ceiling that I think Waller that could Waller. give you when he has one of his blow up games. In the shootout, yeah, correct. Thanks, yeah. man. All right, thank you. Good stuff. Keep moving here. We still got a little bit of time. There's a, a couple people who have tried to add, and it just didn't add even before we were having those issues. So I don't know what that's all about. We'll give Trevor a, a shot next here. Hey, can you hear me, Justin? I can hear you now. Appreciate you uh, taking the question. I'm doing well. Um, I was listening to one of your podcast episodes earlier this week, and 
Uh, a couple of the guys that you had mentioned were James Robinson and James Conner. Um, and I am trying to swing a trade for both of them in a half PPR. And I'm trying to sell high on CEH and then also included Rashad Penny in that deal. Um, is that something that you think would make sense for me? Or is CEH still, despite you know all these touchdowns, someone that uh, you would value higher? No, I, I love that approach. Um, I actually have Connor um, and Robinson both ranked ahead of of those guys. So I think you're getting the, the two best running backs in the deal fantasy-wise for the rest of the season. Uh, we know Penny, we know what his situation is. I hate trying to predict injuries, but he's had these durability concerns his entire career. Before this season, he had three and a half years where he was in and out of the lineup, and then he managed to stay healthy last year down the stretch. And now, you know, everybody thinks he's going to be able to do it again for a whole season. I definitely don't see that happening. And I also think if the Seahawks are out of it later in the year, that they're probably going to want to give a, a little more run to, to Kenneth Walker and see what he can do. Not like Penny's going to completely go to the bench in that situation, but that Walker would get some more touches and that would turn into maybe more of a 50-50 committee, even if Penny was still healthy. So I don't think he has a, a ton of value down the stretch unless the Seahawks can really shock us and stay in the playoff mix. And then CEH, I mean, everybody talks about him being a, a sell high. Um, and I think we can all sort of, you know, see where that's going. If he continues the efficiency that he's had, it's going to be insane if he can do that over the course of a whole year based on the amount of touches that he's getting and the production that he's getting off of them. So I assume that at some point those numbers are going to come down a little bit for him. Whereas, like I talked about the show earlier in the week, um, those other two guys, I think they're both headed in, uh, in a better direction the rest of the season. Awesome. I appreciate it. Are you worried at all about ETN late in the season eating into uh, Robinson at all? No, I mean, I think ETN is going to continue to be involved. I think he has been involved. I think unless we see Robinson fade due to injury, um, which we're getting no signs of that yet, in my opinion, uh, the Jags are going to be in the playoff mix. The Jags are not going to fall down like the, the Seahawks probably will later in the season. The Jags are a very good team, and uh, that's something I've been talking about all week. That I think on both sides of the ball, now they have competent coaching, but they're one of those teams, you know, we've seen with some of these other clubs, especially on defense for them, where they went out and they invested in that defense. Now they have, these guys hit, like they have some really high-end players. Their defense is strong. The offense is so much better. We're seeing Trevor Lawrence kind of come into his own here. And they got some decent skill position players as well. So um, I'm actually really excited for the Jags. And I, I think they're going to continue to to roll and continue to push. And if you can late in the season, it is better to have, you can't always do it, but it is better to have players who are on teams that are pushing for playoffs, that are contenders, because things are going to stay the same with them versus some of the teams that might be out of it where, uh, let's face it, if you get a few nicks and bruises and you're on a team that's not making the playoffs, it's a lot easier to sit out a game or for a team to throw you on IR or something like that versus a team that's contending, a team that's fighting for playoff position for home field advantage. So sometimes late in the season, I try to make trades to get guys on my team that, and normally that's also the teams with better offenses. Like it kind of all comes together, but uh, yeah, that's something to, to keep in mind as well. And I think the Jags are going to be right in that mix. All right. We will move on to the next one here. I'm going to try, Billy, I'm going to try one more time. I think I've tried twice to get you on here going to try one more time and i am not being rewarded hey. billy it is still connected hey. oh there we go it finally came hey, through justin how you doing i'm i, I gotta apologize what's up i'm good it looks like i shut the system down when uh when i tried to join earlier 
Yeah, you you were the one. Yeah, <laughs> it must be the, the, the poison pill. It must be the fantasy gods <laughs> shunning me here because I'm a teacher sneaking in a question during my lunch break on a professional day. There you go. Sending me a message. I should probably be doing my work. But my uh, right on. You know, typically I could go take a look at you know your your um um your rankings to get my answer here. But this question has needs a little context because I'm talking about the early game in London and we're dealing with some injuries. Okay. So it's standard sure. scoring. I've got uh, two slots that, uh, to, to occupy here, the running back slot and the flex slot. I've got Brees Hall, who's a little dinged up. I've also got A.J. Dillon, who you never know. You're always competing with um, – he's always competing with, you know, the touches with, with Aaron Jones. Yeah, so Aaron you Jones. You never know yeah. whose who day it's going to be. Great matchup, though. And then C.D. Lamb, and he's got some knee issues going on. Uh, so – or hamstring, I should say. So what would be your advice here on how to approach that, generally speaking, when we got the early game and injuries and who would be your favorites, assuming they all go? Yeah, I'm not too concerned about any of the, the injury situations there. I think it looks like Brees Hall is going to be fine. I think that that was the one that I was thinking of earlier when they, you know, they say nicks and bruises. I think it was just that, you know, he's got some nicks. It wasn't anything like too serious. I don't That's why I read it too, yeah. Um, yeah, and he's been practicing, so I think he's going to play. The C.D. Lamb one is interesting, but I'm not concerned about that one either. I believe they said it was his groin. I could be wrong unless they updated it today, mm-hmm. but... That groin, was the one groin. where, Sorry, his groin. yeah, he said that it was his GPS numbers. You know, some teams track uh, to make sure that players aren't, you know, exerting themselves too much. And he said that it was more of that than anything. And then Mike McCarthy came out today and said it was totally just precautionary and that he's going to do everything normal. So yeah. um, not really any concerns there either. Uh, so then I'm in that instance, then I'm, I'm going with Lamb there for yeah. sure. Um, I, I really, really like him. And then Brees Hall would get the the nod over A.J. Dillon just because I feel better about him kind of ascending into that lead back role, which we've seen kind of happening over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I'd be very excited to have all three of those guys on my team the rest of the way, but I'd be playing those. Two. All right, Justin. Appreciate you, man. Take care. Yeah, good stuff. No worries. Keep it going here. Chef Boucher. All right. I'm intrigued by the name. There's been a couple... Uh, Couple interesting, couple interesting names over the last few weeks. So, Chef Boucher, you have the floor. Hey, Justin, thanks a lot, man. Just got a quick question yeah, no for uh, for you about Camara. What are we? What's his outlook for the rest of the season? I have him in both dynasty and redraft. I'm thinking of parting with him in the dynasty just because of the the speculation over the the suspension. But uh, I'm thinking of holding on to him for the redraft. What What are your thoughts? Thanks again. I, I like the way that you're approaching it there. Um, I definitely think now is the time where he's coming back. You know, maybe you wait till he has a, a big game, which I think this week he's going to, going up against the Seahawks defense. And maybe people start to forget a little bit about that suspension that could come next year. I don't think it's going to come this season. Seems like it could come next year, and maybe you can find a manager who's not really thinking about that right now, and they're just thinking about winning and the rest of the season. Um, and yeah, I, I would agree that at his age and with that suspension looming, He's a guy that I would want to move on from. If you're a contender, if you're pushing this year, uh, then it's a little different because then you maybe want to keep as many weapons as you can going to try to get that title. Um, but depending on the situation that you're in with your your roster and where you're at sort of in contending, um, he's a guy that I would try to move on from if you can get good pieces for. And then in redraft, I, I really like him the rest of the way. I think what we've seen from him so far, he's more of a buy low for me. What we've seen from him so far is easily just attributable to the injury. He had a rib injury and he hasn't really been himself yet. And now we're further removed from the injury. He's going to be coming back. Uh, some nice matchups coming up. He is definitely a guy that uh, I want to try to go out and get and redraft. So I think you're, you're approaching it the exact right way there. Perfect. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, Take care. Good stuff.
can't wait to uh, see what Kamara can do once he's healthy in that offense. And with Michael Thomas out, that could also mean, uh, and I, we believe Michael Thomas is going to be out again this week. I haven't seen that official yet, but that could also mean uh, some more targets for him as well. Uh, all right, we're going to do one more here. We are going to go to Kevin. This is the last one, folks. I, I am sorry. I'm sorry that we were out of uh, commission there for five minutes or so where I was trying to figure out those technical difficulties. But uh, there's some other ways to get me. We'll talk about that before we sign off here. But, Kevin, what uh, what's going on? Hey, um, I was curious. You know, I like to use um, trade charts and rest of season rankings to try and see where I might be able to uh, improve my roster. And for whatever reason, I always feel like uh, tight ends like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, they, I don't know, there's like a misalignment between like what I think is happening in my leagues versus like the market overall, because they often get pushed down to where, you know, it's like they're in the same zone as like maybe running back 10 or wide receiver 10. And given how strong they've started the season, I'm surprised just because they were already kind of going in that zone. And it seems like, you know, through measures like war, like fantasy war, like they've been some of the best picks you could make in drafts this year. So I'm just surprised they're not more like in line with top five running backs and wide receivers in those sorts of like rankings. And I, I just curious on your thoughts and just as far as like, you know, not putting too much weight into like month one, but also like how you see like the season playing out and just like, you know, going in too much on a onesie position versus those positions that need more depth. Uh, I mean, I was talking before the season about the the value of spending up and, and getting one of those guys and having the elite option. And those two were the main names. And then Kyle Pitts was the one that we were kind of hoping based on his you know, talent and we were hoping that his situation would improve a little bit and we'd see him potentially join that group. And now obviously Kyle Pitts is out this week. He's only had really one good game so far this year. And it's pretty clear that he's not going to be a part of that elite group this season, even though he has the talent to do it. So uh, that puts even more value on those guys, but I don't know that that much has changed. I think what we've seen from them is kind of what we expected to see from them, isn't it? Like that we knew that they were going to be that good. I know what you're saying that maybe they should get bumped up even more. And you can make an argument now that maybe they both belong to, you know, at the end of the, the first round or early second round at the one, two turn, if you were doing a draft today, um, but I mean, I had them valued uh, Kelsey sort of in the early second round and then Andrews in the, the late second round. So both of them in my mind were top 20, top 24 picks. And in the trade value chart, that's how I have them ranked. Like you'll notice like in the trade value charts for me, they're so much further ahead of the next closest guy. Like Andrews and Kelsey are valued over 40. And then you have Dallas Goddard as the third tight end right now. And he's at 25. So I've had some people ask me about that and go, how how on earth could they be valued that much more? Goddard's gotten off to a pretty good start this year, but he just doesn't get the kind of volume that those guys get. They're essentially top 10 receivers, even though they're playing tight ends. So I'm with you. Um, I think maybe you're just splitting hairs here. Um, and it's, I think it's difficult to convince people. Some people just don't want to spend up at tight end. They just don't want to go out and spend that much on a position that they're not realizing the value of so i don't know which end of the equation you're on there yeah yeah i think that's a good point because it's like the people who drafted kelsey and andrews in the first place already put that premium they already value them for what like who they are and what they add so maybe what i'm experiencing is uh 
uh, the people who already value them at the highest like possible in the highest possible way for their team and then seeing these results like they're just never going to trade them even if you are like you know overpaying quote unquote so yeah it's almost impossible i would think at this point to get one of those guys off of a fantasy manager like i recommended on wednesday like this would be the only time that maybe you could try to get a mark andrews off somebody because he had a bad game last week or just a down game for him, obviously, probably his worst game of the season. And that was in a tough matchup. It has nothing to do with what he's going to do the rest of the year, or the kind of player that he is. Um, and I, I even said in that episode, I'm like, I highly doubt that you're going to be able to do this. But if there was ever a window, this week would be the only window to try to pry Andrews away. Whereas Kelsey's been really solid every single game so far. So there hasn't really been any sort of buy low. And regardless, most managers that have those guys, like you're saying, they they know the kind of value that they're bringing. There's a reason why they paid up to get them in the drafts, and they're going to continue to roll with those guys. And I, you know, I don't know what you could possibly offer them. Like I went out to a Mark Andrews manager this week before any of the Kyle Pitts injury stuff came about, and I offered Pitts and like two other pretty solid players. I thought. And I was immediately rejected. It was just like not even close. And it was like I I thought the value was there, but to for them to make that drop from Andrews to any other tight end, really, um, you know, other than Kelsey, nobody wants to see that happen in their starting lineup. Well, I guess next year it's all hero tight end for me. Yeah, exactly. Now we know next year you got to spend up on those tight ends, but that's what we were saying this year as well. But that's awesome. That was a good question to end on here. So I, I really appreciate everybody jumping in. Um, everybody, you know, the last few weeks since we've been doing this, it's been a really fun time. Uh, if I didn't get to your question, like I said, I'm really sorry. I apologize that we had that the technical difficulties and we missed a little bit of time there. But hopefully you can go check out my content over on the Score app. Hopefully that can help you figure some of this stuff out. If not... On Sunday morning, like I always do, I'll be taking over the Scores main Twitter account, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. I'll go for about a half hour or so there, answering as many questions as I can. That's kind of the, the usual stretch that we do every Sunday morning. But until then, a big thanks again for all the questions. Big thanks to everybody out there who tuned in. And we'll see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me.